Hi, I'm Tim Tuffo. This is an Orange and Blue Thing podcast. Do it. Hey everybody and welcome to episode 6 of An Orange and Blue Thing. Darren Meenan, by my right, I am Brian Ernie. Thanks for hopping on board with us on this February 2nd, Groundhog Day. Did you see his shadow? Yeah, he did. Alright, that it's, doesn't mean anything. It, but... it was, it's, it's fucking light outside, of course you're going <laughs> to see his shadow. Anyway, we're here to bring you guys all things uh, Mets related on An Orange and Blue Thing. That's what this show is all about. We got a really action-packed show for you this week but did i sell that really well there we got an action-packed <laughs> show for you and uh we're gonna get to everything we got a cool um poll that we're gonna talk about a lot of varying opinions uh so let's get right down to it man darren what's up what's how's the week been going not too bad i'm still on this exercise kick yeah so i joined hitting. you today so i'm drinking oh yeah cheers i'm drinking uh we're both drinking vodka, vodka tonight and I don't, I don't want the listeners and viewers to think we're alcoholics, but Brian and I enjoy a nice cocktail on a Thursday night while we chat with you guys. If you're watching yeah. this on Facebook, definitely do us a favor, click share, like it, put us in your friends' timelines, it helps the show a lot. And if you're listening to us afterwards on iTunes, we're very excited about iTunes, uh, at the end when you're done, just click subscribe and leave us a, a, a rating or whatever they call yeah. it, rate yeah. us, do all that stuff, it helps the show. So um, it's easier. It's, it's easy to subscribe too because you get that you get the little mark so in, your, yeah. in your thing, and, and it'll bring you the audio. Right, this is supposed to be my job. I'm supposed to be bumping this. Yeah, in the but, beginning. That, but, but whatever. Yeah, rate, subscribe, do cool stuff. Do for your us. thing. You guys know by now. It's so easy to, to help us out. So if you like us and you're interested in watching this every week, we're just getting started over here. It is episode six. We have a lot, a lot of plans for the show, though. Really fun guests lined up. Spring training's right around the corner. We're 10 days away. Yeah, it's unbelievable. From pitchers and catchers. A lot of the guys are already down there, but 10 official days away until they have to be there. My number, baby. Um, Super Bowl week. Who yeah. you got? You got anything going on with Super Bowl? Um, you have a pick? I mean, yeah. I don't think we're going to do anything because we have, like, we have, we were if we would do anything we'd come to your house. <laughs> That's the only plan that we would possibly do. But, uh, yeah, it's, um, I don't know. I mean, like, I, the, the Patriots are, are going to win. Like, I, I feel like that. I hope not. I'm just not necessarily. hoping. Falcons are a good team. Um, not to bore you because this is a Mets thing, but, um, you know, this is current events. Um, I think everyone's kind of picking the Patriots. I think I personally said last week or whenever the hell the, the Falcons got in, I was pulling for them just for the sole reason I want Wheeler to be happy. Yeah, yeah, and he's, yeah. he's, a, he's a fan. And, and um, new teams, right? Like, I hate seeing, like, if it would have been the Packers and the Patriots, like, who cares? Both those teams just won a few years also ago. Also, our friend Mark Healy is, uh, is a Falcons fan, so maybe pulling for him, too. But I actually didn't know that. Yeah. He's, he's, he's like, default photo right now is, like, the Fal- Falcons. How, do you, how does one become an Atlanta Falcons fan? Football's different, man. I feel like people, it's not like Regional. I don't think it matters where you live. I think that's true. It's more um, than more so than you know, any how many sport. Cowboys fans are there. You know what I mean? Not yeah. people don't always live in Texas, but um, Cowboys. I don't know. We'll see. I I think just for I don't really care. I mean, like we've talked about before, I don't have strong ties to teams besides the Mets. Yeah. I do root for the Jets. I mean, I only went to two games. I didn't go to any games this year. I only watched like two or three games. They were horrible. Um, but I mean, a Jets fan doesn't want to see the Patriots win. Obviously, same division and all that. Right. But. For the fact of the whole defi- Deflate Gate and the commissioner saying that you know he can't 
not that he can't wait, but he wouldn't mind handing the trophy over, which is complete bullshit. So I think it would be fun to watch that aspect of it. But you're, honestly, you're like you're full barstool on this. You've why gone my, full dude, barstool, barstool. barstool may have brainwashed me into believing that <laughs> I want the Pats to win. But um, and shout know, out to those guys too. They're killing it this week. Comedy Central every Comedy night. Central. The other thing that really I think the most of the people who watch the game that don't care about the outcome, they just want to win a Super Bowl pool. Yeah. So, Boxes I'm, and all that good yeah, stuff. Yeah. Anyway, I'll, moving right along. I'll, I'll go I'll go 34-17 New England. Well, I hope 9-7 and seven lands at least once. So, um, Moving right along to what we do is uh, a post of the week. So it doesn't have to be – well, it's usually Mets-related. Obviously, that's what the show's about. But it doesn't have to be a Twitter thing. In the beginning of this, we decided we were going to do a Twitter do it on Twitter, but why limit ourselves to just that? There's interesting posts everywhere. And um, Brian and I picked something that we think you guys might want to know about. So we're moving right along to that. Unfortunate news, which we hate to make uh, uh, the post of the week, but um, former Mets pitcher Anthony Young is undergoing treatment right now for a brain tumor. The Mets put this up, and obviously it, it's spread throughout the, uh, the Internet, so you probably already know about this. But some Mets fans might not know about um, Anthony Young. Yeah, which which would be a shame because uh, Anthony Young is is one of the great human beings I think to ever Became play. A fan favorite. Yeah, to ever play for this organization. He he's a really great guy, and he pitched for the Mets um, through some incredibly tough years. You know, we were talking about in in '92. What they lose? '92 games? No, '92. Well, he pitched '90 games. He was drafted by the Astros, mm-hmm. and then. Um, I wrote it down here. He was drafted by Houston in 87. Mm-hmm. He played for the Mets from 91 to 93. And the Mets were horrible in 91 yep. to 93. He is the uh, probably unproud recipient recipient of this um, losing streak. Yep. 27 game 27 losing streak. 27 in a row. Uh, I was so, at number 26. Yeah, you told me that, which is yeah. crazy that you remember that. Yeah, like yeah. you're a freaking sponge. But 27 game losing streak from May 6th to 92 to July 24th to 93. So it almost became something where like Mets fans were they wanted to be there for the first win to break the streak, but yeah. the Mets in 92 went 72 and 90 mm-hmm. and in 93 they went 59 and 103. So right now if you're a major league baseball player and you have a 27 game losing streak, you're not going to stay in the majors. Yeah. But when your team is that bad, I guess they were like just throwing him out there, you Well, know? you actually sent it to me and what was his cre- his ERA during that span was like 3.8 something, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, he ended up his career 15 and 48 record uh-huh. with a 3.89 ERA, which so like obviously just meant the Mets sucked. And you yeah, know what I mean? like he yeah. wasn't a bad guy, bad pitcher. I, it's funny the game we talked about that I was at. It, I wrote it down. I went back to Baseball Reference and checked, and it was against the Padres. It was July 7th, 1993. I remember this game because I had really good seats, and my, my dad and I were talking about on the way there how he felt bad for Anthony Young um, because he had gone through this losing streak. The Mets, of course, like you said, were terrible. Those were the Benia and Coleman, and you know even Eddie Murray uh, days. So. Um, he went that day. He threw eight innings and only gave up two runs, but they lost two nothing to San Diego. <laughs> yeah. So you know it wasn't all his fault. But you know I, I know they. I think there was some debate about whether or not um this, this was uh, malignant or benign, and I think it's it sounds well, like it's inoperable. What though, they said so is just in a really tough spot. So yeah, that's that's yeah, the they, problem with it's this. Hard but, to reach. Um, Bob Clappish, I think I'm saying his name correctly, he was down at spring training because they, they do a fantasy camp, the Mets and and um, Ay was one of the coaches. So I guess the news broke last week that this was going on. We wish him nothing but the best. I mean, it's terrible news. You never want to hear something like this. But 
hopefully the uh, treatment is going to do wonders for him. We know it's not anything that anyone wants to deal with, but yeah. um, great human being, great, uh, uh, you know, uh, for Mets fans who were there in the 90s, you know, the early 90s who maybe didn't see, uh, you know, all of that, um, uh, you know, it's just he was he was just great he is he is a great person he's still very young yeah yeah very young so we wish him all the best and we hope he gets well soon and hopefully treatment or whatever the course of action they're going to take will uh will take that so so here's mine um this is awesome uh, news yeah this is great news um full disclosure i am a part-time sny employee so we should say oh what a show we should say it we should say this one listen exactly (laughs) so i'm gonna bump a little bit for my uh for my part-time employer here but um, this is my pick. SNY um, is delivering live streaming of Mets baseball during the 2017 season. You need an awesome. Off- you need an authenticated um, account. So like you'll sign into your whatever Verizon FiOS account using that, and and that's what I have for example. And then you'll uh, you'll be able to once they authenticate that you subscribe to SNY, you'll be able to take the Mets on the go in. Network. So that means if you're sitting on your desk in the city and you're, you know, dying to see the game, they're playing a 12 o'clock game or whatever on a Thursday afternoon, you can watch the game right on your desktop. Um, what about like if you're on vacation? Can you like, can you sign in from anywhere? Like if you're on, you yeah, know, on the beach somewhere. In yeah, Cancun, it, I, I think so. I don't think there are any limitations. So it's like Netflix. Like if you have like a exactly. Netflix account, you could sign in from anywhere, yeah. watch movies and stuff. This is great. I don't know if other networks or sports teams do this, but. Yeah. Um, well, obviously, M- this is this is where media is going. So yeah, MSG just announced on the same day that they're doing this, also with Islanders, Devils, and Rangers games. Um, so this is obviously the direction they're going in. Um, it's obviously all moving towards cord cutting, towards a la carte uh, programming, and and kind of picking the channels you want. Um, that 500 channel universe kind of idea of the future of television is, is sort of falling by the wayside. So the big thing for me is whenever I'm at my desk in the middle of the summer and it's like the, one of those getaway games mm-hmm. and I'm dying to see the team, it's like, I don't want to, you know, because when you get home, then at seven o'clock, it's like, oh, there's no game on, but they play. Right, 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 right. So it, it's always such a bummer. So I have it, we have a TV in Plus, my office. You know, you don't want to watch the replay, you already know what happened, you know what Right, I mean? exactly. So I have a TV in my office in like the communal area, so I'm like running back and forth, checking the game and have stat cast up, and it's ridiculous. <laughs> so now I can just throw up the game and put it on one of my screens and have it play in the background. So this is awesome, great job. This is a, a lot of hard work, years of hard work by the people at SNY to bring this to fruition. So I'm excited, should be good, that should be fun. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds like a great idea. I mean, I feel like... Just media in general is changing so much. Um, it's why places like Amazon and Netflix and things like that are are becoming like the standard as far as a new TV show is concerned. Like in, a couple of years ago, someone's like, "Oh, you're gonna watch Orange is the New Black on Netflix." Nobody knew what that was, and right. now it's like all these new shows, Stranger Things, stuff like that. Is yeah. it's just the way it's going right now, you know? Yeah, it's crazy how much the landscape has changed, and how much like not to get too inside because this is sort of my industry, but. How much people, especially the newspaper industry and the television industry, basically bet that habits were going to be enough. Like you were going to want to wake up and sit with your morning coffee over the paper, the physical newspaper. Right, 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 right. Nobody read the newspaper on the internet. Like, well, wrong. And then it's the same thing with TV. It's like, well, why would you want ten channels? You could have five hundred. It's like because I only watch ten channels. Right. If I can only pay for I watch ten like channels. Two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then that would be great. So it's a cool. It's kind of a cool evolution that we're that we're undergoing. So uh, yeah, it's it's. I'm glad. SNY is on that train. Before we get to our next topic here, if you're watching on Facebook, thanks for joining us. Um, what we do at the end of the show is a Q&A. 
If you're listening to this afterwards on iTunes, you don't care about what I'm saying right now. But if you're watching this, there will be a Q&A at the end. Just write stuff. I'm reading it as I go. Uh, a lot of people chatting right now in the comments, which is really nice and appreciated. So thank you. If you feel like sharing it, go ahead and do that now. We appreciate that too. We are going to give away something, I think, next week. It's going to be like kind of like a share contest, help to get the word out. Yeah. We'll pick someone afterwards that shared the, the, the program, the network, the, the episode, whatever the hell you want to call it, and then we'll send you something. So thanks for that. It's all about you guys, all about us just talking Met stuff, and this is fun for us. So yeah. get involved. Yeah. Definitely. So up next is our follow of the week. I think a lot of people are interested in this because we, we highlight a different – Mets related account per week doesn't have to be a player doesn't have to be a beat writer doesn't have to be a fan anything anything that you think or I think they would want to know about is what we talk about and there's so much noise out there that a lot of times like good accounts can get lost oh my god there's so many accounts that I see out there that don't have a strong following I'm like I don't understand why yeah so I think that's that's what this is for yep absolutely so this is mine um so this is I, – I always butcher his last name. I think it's Majowitz, right? I th- on his jersey, just said Dave Majo. It just says Dave Majo. I Maggio. call him Dave Majo. His name is Majowitz, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But everyone calls him Majo. Everyone so, knows who you're talking about. Exactly. So it's at Dave Majo on Instagram. Um, and the reason why is because Dave is such a talented artist. Um, he was at QBC this weekend, got a chance to talk to him and his wife, Mary. It was it was awesome. I love those. I love them. They're just great. Great people. Uh, he's so talented. If you've seen us out in San field and the banners we unfurl and pass around the section he paints all of those by hand in his kitchen uh told us it takes him about 20 to 25 hours insane for for just for one of them he does it over the course of like a week couple hours a day he just really enjoys doing it like before leading up to a game he'll text me like hey i got this really cool idea for saturday or sunday whenever the game is i'm like dude don't put too much on your plate like you don't have to do this you know what i mean like it's something that he, he enjoys bringing that aspect to the group so it's like you might want to invent a cheer or do this or do that or whatever. Host he, a podcast. Yeah, host a, whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like make a big head, make right. a sign. He exactly. makes the biggest banners ever. And in, in soccer, they're called TIFOs. T-I-F-O, TIFO. So he's like the inventor of the baseball TIFO. Yeah. You know, and he, he spends a tremendous amount of time on them. I don't even know how much money they cost. He, he does it for fun, which is crazy. It, so we, we were talking to QVC and he said he feels like this kind of – it's sort of brush to canvas kind of art. It is is kind of a dying breed. And if you see his work there, that's up on the screen now. Uh, he's he's he was telling me how proud he was of this Casey Stengel piece that he did on the awesome. upper left hand corner. And he's like, he said to he said to his wife, he's doing, it, and he's like, oh my god. And she's like, oh what? Did you screw up? And he's like, no, that's just really good. Yeah. Um, there you see the uh, the NLE's champions banner. That sort that of was awesome. That that was on the last. We were game. going back and forth about that mm-hmm. one. I'll try to zoom in here on it. This is a, a photo of Degrom warming up with us in the background. That was the last home game of 2015 yep. he um obviously had to paint this prior to them clinching you know mm-hmm. and then it says NLE's champions it looks like the banner that they would put up at the at the stadium so if you're listening to this on itunes definitely go over to our facebook page and check this out dave's artwork is incredible follow him on instagram it's at dave Majo, all one word d-a-v-e-m-a-j-o and um the one on the bottom here he made uh in 2015, and we brought it to all the playoff games. It's mm-hmm. gigantic. We have it hanging up in our warehouse. It's yeah. huge. So definitely check him out. 
he doesn't get enough credit on the internet for his work, and I think that you guys would be really interested in checking him out. So. Yeah, and you can you can buy some of his work. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah DaveMaggio.BigCartel.com. Uh, it's linked up in his on his uh, Instagram page. So do that. You know, support local artists. Um, you know, Dave is is one of these guys. He's looking for that ever elusive. Uh, art education job which as we know you know i'm very passionate and feel very passionately about the role of the arts in in our society and uh and this is this is i mean this is a great way to support it support an artist who's uh who's doing great things for our hustling. group you yeah. know what's crazy too like i didn't realize until like we kind of dived in a little bit deeper into what he does every day where he lives he lives in jersey mm-hmm. so he's down near the thomas river area and that was like a hotbed of bmx riders back in the day so little did i know i used to ride i still kind of do he used to ride too, so we have a lot That's of cool. mutual friends outside of baseball. It was, it was a fun coincidence to find and, that. And out. he looks just like Robert Kesselman. Yeah, he which does. is Darren's favorite name to say. Yeah, Gesselman. <laughs> um, all right, so up next, there are so many beat writers out there, but there's only one guy that I think that you absolutely have to follow, and that's Mark Carrig of Newsday. I mean, how many guys do you have to follow to find out the lineup? You know, the lineup is posted, then without fail, you press refresh on Twitter, and it's of all the guys. Hey, he's leading off. It's just annoying. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, but I get it. I totally get it. That's their job. I'm not trying to shit on guys that are beat writers. I understand they have to do that for a living. They probably hate doing it, too. But in this day and age, like we were just talking about like Netflix and all that, that is what beat writing turned into. Mm-hmm. You have to be social. You have to be um, visible on the internet, especially on Twitter. That's how people watch games now. People are sitting there, kind of live tweeting the game. Yeah. Um, even people who have like no followers are sitting there live tweeting a game, like anyone's reading their tweets. Yeah. But anyway, Mark Carrig does it a little bit different, and that's why I like following him. He actually came over from. He was on the Yankees beat. A little bit about Mark. He's from California. Don't hold that against him. Yeah, big Warriors fan. Yeah, yeah. He lives in Cedar Grove, New Jersey now, and this is his fifth season working for the Mets on the beat. He grew up an A's fan. Baseball is his favorite sport. I feel like I'm, like, selling him. Like, this yeah. is, like, a dating thing. Yeah, right. Um, he works for Newsday. Before this, in 2009 to 2012, he worked on the Yankees beat for the Ledger. I think the Star Ledger is at, like, New Jersey or, yep. or whatever. Yep. Before that, he was with the Orioles for the Washington Post. So, he just has a different take on the game, and he's interesting and funny. So yeah. a lot of the guys, obviously it's their job. They just take it a little bit too serious. I'm not going to, like, throw anyone under the bus, but there's some guys on there that are just, like, <clears throat> no, I like him, that are painful to follow because they're just boring. Right. You know what I mean? I get it. Like, this is a job for them. They're sitting in the press box. If the Mets are losing by nine runs and they just want to go home, I understand, yeah. like, that it, it is what a, it is. Here's the reality of the situation. But it's their job to get... Fans like us to follow to them, care about them because exactly. that's what cares. That's and, what their employer cares about. And, he, and Mark does it the best out of all of them. And here's the thing: people don't want to know. Like obviously, so I've semi worked in baseball. It's a long season. By the end of the season, you're ready to be done. You but, probably almost wish like if it's not the team that you like, you wish like all right, they're out. They're not making the playoffs. I can right. go home. I can go home. <laughs> you know what I mean? But at the same time, like you have to remember that the people reading you. They would kill for that job. You know, somebody who's sitting in a cubicle that's like, on a Thursday afternoon, I can be watching batting practice at 10 o'clock and have that be my job. Like, it, it is, it, it's a hard job, and not everybody can do it, and that's why these guys do do it, because they're very good writers, they're very good at working sources and working angles and all that stuff. The The reason why Mark, I think, is such a good follow is because he still has that joy in him. Um, you know, uh, personally, just as a as a 
guy who has has met him and hung out with him. He's he's a pleasure to be around. Um, he's kind of a kindred spirit. He's an old school kind of WWF fan. Uh, you know, he still loves sports, even though he's exactly even though he still work. You know, he works in sports. He hasn't gotten cynical about it. And um, and I think this is this is a home run here because I, I mean he's you mentioned him before on yeah. some episodes. Yeah, he's he's really great to me in, in in Port St. Lucie, and we got to know each other just a little bit. Um, you know, nothing crazy, but. Um, you know, in, in an atmosphere that's very competitive and there's nine, ten guys trying to write the same story and get the same angle, um, it's rare that you kind of see a friendly face that's willing to take in somebody who he was unfamiliar with, you know, four days prior, and just sort of talk to me and tell me what he's working on and tell me what he's trying to run down. I'm telling him what I'm trying to run down. I'm not trying to scoop him or anything. Right, right. Just, but it's like, it's tough because they all long. write the same story, you know, and I, yeah. I kind of wasn't trying to poke fun at him or any of the other guys, but last year when it was like breaking news, what kind of car Cespedes was going to show up on, it's like, Jesus, do you think these guys when we were learning journalism or, you know, learning the right way to write or what they were going to do as a job, Expected that that's we're going to like rush to the stadium and, and bright and early at Tradition Field to see, see what, what car kid. Cespedes <laughs> is going to be driving. Like, who really cares? In the end of the day, like, I thought it was funny when him and Noah showed up on the horses, but great. like, I mean, it's going to happen again. I think somebody leaked her or... Showed yeah. off that the guy was, it was his customizer. Yeah, back in the custom yeah. whip department to see what he's going to show up with. But I don't think I said his Twitter handle here. It's at Mark M A R C C A R I G. So it's M A R C C A R I G. Mark Carrig. I think it's Carrig or Carrig Carrig. Yeah, I think. Carrig, I think. He also pops in on the broadcast a lot. Yep. Fourth um, inning. Fourth inning. With with the booth on the radio. So that's really cool too. Um, read my mind on that. Well, you know we're getting good at this. We thing. are. We're getting, getting we're better. Picking up our vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, as Brian refreshes his vodka drink, mm-hmm. we um, what we like to do is get you guys involved in the convo as much as possible. That's what this whole thing's about. Us rambling and then reading what you guys care about and then trying to link it all together on a Thursday night. So, yeah. what we did, Brian actually posted the same exact poll on his personal Twitter account maybe a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. And I don't... Do you know what the results were? Are they pretty similar? I think they were very similar. All right. So, we, we rehashed that poll for this show to see what our viewers thought. So let me pop it up here and read it for those that aren't watching this so they understand what I'm talking about. So the poll was, if you could turn around the outcome of one Mets playoff series in the last 20 years, what would it be? And there was four possible answers. The 99 NLCS versus Atlanta, the 2000 World Series versus the Yankees, the 06 NLCS versus St. Louis, or the 2015 World Series versus Kansas City. And um, Kansas City, the, the series against Kansas City in yeah. 2015 was the winner with 42%. Second was the 2000 World Series against the Yankees. Third was 06 against St. Louis. And last distant. but not least, in a very, very distant, distant. distant uh, fourth place with only 2% was the 99 NLCS versus Atlanta. So it was a landslide 2015. Um, the 2000 World Series came close. Yeah, 40, 42, 34. It was close, but I mean, like I, I didn't say the amount of viewers for the uh, the amount of voters. Yeah. Almost 3,000 yeah. votes on this, so pretty good, um, pretty good response. And it was probably our most voted and yeah. social poll yet. A lot of people got involved. A lot of people have very strong opinions about this. Yeah. And you know what's funny too? Two of those answers weren't World Series. Yeah. So if you chose, you know. Um, 99 or 
2006. Six. It was no guarantee you were going to get the World Series. True, true. So for people to vote that, it was almost like, all right, would you rather have an NL championship and then lose? Not not rather, but, but there was no sure it, thing it. that yeah, you were going to exactly. win the World Series. If you so, turn one of the World Series around, you're world champions at least. So, you right. know. So what was your answer? So I took the 2015 World Series. Uh, let's just break this down for a second. Obviously, Twitter skews young. Um, so it's going to have a recent bias. And I think it's just natural to have a recent bias because um, people want what's closer. I would have rather enjoyed a World Series two years ago than whatever, 17 years ago at this point. Um, but obviously the Yankees is, is what creates this kind of X factor and I think is why the results were even that close. I think if we probably put it up in different areas, if we had done it on Facebook or maybe just done like an informal in-person kind of thing and checked it off, Maybe uh, 2000 would have won. I think it boils down to a few things. One, your relationship with, with Yankees fans. Um, a lot of people just can't stand Yankees fans. I personally, like, what my wife's a Yankees fan, so, like, I, I deal with it. I, she's not obnoxious, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, it's one of these things that, like, back when I was, I was 15 years old during that World Series, so... I would have. I was dying to beat the Yankees, but I had seen them win so much that I was almost like numb to it. I was almost bracing myself for the inevitable, even though they weren't that good that, that year. Um, the Yankees, that was. Um, but with 2015, I this is my, why I voted for it. I've always said the first time I see my team win a championship because the only team that's won in my lifetime is the Mets, and I was wasn't even two years old yet was um, the first time they win. I'm so jealous of not the Giants beating the undefeated Patriots, but the Giants beating the Patriots in, 2000, in the 2011 season because that came out of nowhere. Yeah. They were 7-7. Seven and seven. They went on the six-game run. Once they, you get in the playoffs, anything can happen. Exactly. And the Mets 2015 season felt like that. It was like, this is out of nowhere. In Ju- I remember saying in July to my dad, like on the phone, on a phone call, I was just like, they're done. They're not going anywhere. You know, and then we're sitting <laughs> at a like World a Series. On WFAN. It's true, it's true. And it, we, it, it, we sat, like, sat at a World Series game. game. Hang it up. They're, they're, they're toast. But that's what it felt like. They, they, didn't, they couldn't score. I remember tweeting that, like, if they, didn't make, if they didn't do something with this pitching staff, you know, it's criminal that they don't give them some run support. And, um,. It just came out of nowhere. It felt magical. It like had all the makings. It would have been nice to get that one under their belt. And honestly, like I enjoyed that postseason almost even more because uh, we had the spotlight to ourselves. It wasn't shared with the Yankees. It was just all about the Mets. First all about in City Field. The first in City made City Field feel like home. Oh yeah. Dude. Um, the, it, honestly. The first down the stretch, like, like the August September, you know, all that at City Field, it felt a little bit like Shea. Like came out with that yeah. shirt, rock like Shea. Obviously, City Field is a little bit more structurally sound than City <laughs> than Shea Stadium was. God. But you're never gonna have the place rocking like Shea Stadium right. did. But it felt like home finally. Like we've talked about City Field numerous times on the show so far about it feeling like just a place that they played. It didn't really feel mm-hmm. like necessarily a Mets ballpark mm-hmm. yet. But during 2015, first game ever World Se- first World Series game. They won that one, the only one they won. Um, I didn't go with 2015, but I know you said also maybe because you wanted to see David Wright get a ring. I did. I think that's the other thing it boils down to. Who? What legend do you want to see get a ring? Do you want David to get his ring, or do you want Piazza to get his ring? Um, now, I mean, personally for me, I, had I didn't pick either of those. I picked 2006. I know, I know which, which I think is a good choice, too. I think they're all hard. But the reason, like, I, I just to blow a little bit of smoke up your ass, and, and not, not really, but it really, 2015, I was, every playoff game that I was at is with the seven line, 
And uh, the only games I missed was three and five of the World Series. So I was at every other postseason game. And that, that added a dimension that I didn't really know was possible to, to add to a playoff game. Um, and, and again, I'm not, I'm not just trying to kind of like toot your horn here and, 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 and put you over, but like the, I really felt like that was another element of it. Also, I was the perfect age. Like I was 30. Like I, it was like it ended up being the year before we had our first kid. Not me and you, man, <laughs> me and Lauren. Uh, but it was just like kind of like it all. It was all coming together, you yeah, know, for yeah. that one seminal moment. Um, and it, it didn't happen, but that's okay because the next time now I know that I'll I'll be there. I know exactly what seat I'll be in. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, and yeah, and it'll it'll just be it'll be great. But um, I think fifteen would have been great, but. Like some of that, we're going to pull up some comments here, screenshot uh, a few of the comments on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook for responses to the poll. But some people were saying that maybe people chose 2015 because it's still fresh in their minds. I think so. But um, 2006, I felt like it was going to happen. If they if they won that game, if they won the game, they were going to run through Detroit. And um, I was at every game at Shea in 2006, so like I had a strong connection to the team. In 2000, I wasn't. I wasn't fortunate enough to go to any of the games in the playoffs. So not not that it matters if you're at the game, but I feel like being there in 2006, watching the Indy Catch live, thinking we were going to win that game, and then that crushing loss and we're out, that really is something I'm never going to forget or get over until they win it all again. But, you know, with, the, with, with 2015, obviously it wasn't our year, but I think that since they didn't blow the team up, we have a great shot this year too. Yeah. So I would have been happy to see it in 2006. But let, let's get to some of the responses here. As you pull them up, I just want to say that what makes it loom, what makes 2006 loom even larger is what happened in 2007 and 2008. I mean, if you really look back at it and you look at where the team ended up, um, then it, it, it you know it kind of like you said it all unraveled in 2015 at least we know hey we made the playoffs the next year and we still have a great chance this year and the year after and the year after so yeah I, I certainly I, I think that that makes 2006 loom even larger so some of the comments here um, the first one it got a lot of likes on Facebook so it says 2000 all the way every it's from uh, Sam Zaman Zaman I'm not sure if I'm saying his name correctly but Sam says 2000 all the way. Every time we hear some douche say 27 championships or 27 rings, we could always say, yeah, but what happened in 2000? But now we just remain silent and patient, which, which makes sense. It's true. Over here in the top right, DFox218. I don't get why the fans didn't pick the Subway Series. Again, it's, it's someone who chose 2000. With that, team, uh, with that team and to beat the mighty Yankees, and Piazza gets his ring. So that's, mm -hmm. that's another good point. Right. Piazza doesn't have a ring. He's in the, in the Hall of Fame. It would be nice if he did. Mm -hmm. Andler for mayor, also an Instagram comment. I think if they win in 06, it changes the entire history of the team. They probably don't blow it in 07 and 08, so he went a little below the belt there. To well, it doesn't hurt as take much. Take a dig, yeah. If they had collapsed in 2007, but they were defending world champions, who, you know, I mean, I would care, but it wouldn't have hurt as much for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, another one here, Steven, uh, one of our buddies, uh, mm -hmm. season ticket holder at the Seven Isle Army. Another guy picking the the um, the World Series uh, against the Yankees says, "How could you, anyone not choose the Yankees in the World Series? That would shut down their twenty seven rings crap immediately." And the last one from it says Vasilis, which is Greek. I, I used to live in Queens, so I do know quite a bit of Greeks, but I'm sure he probably goes by Vas. So Vas says, "I think I'd have to agree through uh, for two thousand six. 
It hurts because I feel like we would have won that World Series against the Tigers. 2000 just sucks because it was the Yankees, but otherwise we lost to a dynasty in the center of the greatness, greatness much like 1973, which we actually didn't have yeah. as one of the options there. Only because Twitter only lets us do four. But, you know, that's a good point. In both in 2000 and 73, we were one of three consecutive World Series uh, championships for the opponent. So the A's were in the middle of their three straight from... 72 to 74 and then the Yankees from 98 to 2000. It's it's a good point. You know, it I don't know. I mean, I I want to give some love though quickly to the 1999 Mets. Um I think they were better than the 2000 Mets to be quite honest. Um I, everybody kind of removes himself because we haven't been rivals with the Braves for so long, and we we they won rem- like seventeen straight and at least some of that, right? Yeah, it was well, it was from when they came over to the when they realigned in ninety five is when they entered the NL East till two thousand five. So that was what like eleven, and then like or something like that. Whatever, it was a long we, time. We broke it in two thousand six, and I wasn't even in the country for that. I'll tell you a story when later. They, when they clinched, oh my god, I was in, I was in. England on a BMX trip, and I had my T-Mobile sidekick, which I wasn't supposed to turn on because, like, I'd get oh. hit with like the roaming, or the roaming bees bees, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I did anyway, but I was so disappointed in myself that I wasn't there for that clincher. That's why I didn't miss any games in the playoffs. It was my first uh, Monday night uh, class of grad school, and my buddy from college asked me to go, and I said, "Nah, man, you know, I'll wait for the pennant." And he's like, Mets fans, so greedy. This hasn't happened since 1988. Da, 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 da. I wish I could have been there. I know. I should have gone too. But anyway, um, uh, let me just throw some love to the 99 Mets. Um, the greatest defensive infield of all time. Uh, a lot of love for John Olerud, who um, was one of the most underrated Mets of all time. And Edgardo Alfonso, same same thing. Um, that team was so good. And the way they battled against the Braves in that NLCS with Bob Costas on the mic, which was one of the most brilliantly called and broadcast um, league championship series I think I've ever heard, uh, that was such an emotional series. Had they for- And they were so close to forcing Game 7 to being the first team to force Game 7 after going down 3-zip. Had they come back from 3-zip and beaten the Braves to go play the Yankees in 99, now who knows if they get there again in 2000, if they make the Hampton trade, who knows? But, I mean, could you imagine if we were the first team to come back from 3-0 down against the that Braves right, dynasty, right, right. against Maddox and Glavin and Smoltz? And- There's so many what-ifs. That's why baseball is such a, a fun sport to watch. I mean, it's an extremely long season, so unless you're totally invested in it, you're not going to watch 162 games. But... Um, there's so many what-ifs. It's such a long season. That's why a lot of guys get burnt out and they get hurt. So uh, we'll see what happens this coming year. I can't wait for it to get started. But we're going to move right along here to the clip of the week. We're having a fun show so far. If you're watching us live on Facebook, click like, click share. Help us get the uh, the word out there to your friends. QBC was last weekend. It's called the Queens Baseball Convention. If you watched our episodes leading up to this, we were pushing it pretty heavily. Um, that wasn't because we were getting paid or sponsored. We just really feel that strongly about, strongly about the convention and it being a really fun time. So Bobby V was there. Tim Tuffle was there. A bunch of fun Mets fans were there. It was in uh, Astoria, a place called Catch. But Bobby Valentine's panel, for me, was probably one of the highlights of the day. It was moderated by Matt Cerrone, and Matt came right out of the gate and asked him about the must- mustache, uh, the fake mustache game. Yeah. So he hit him with like the the hard hitting question right away, and Bobby went on like a ten minute long winded <laughs> example about how that or explanation about how that even came about came came about. So. Instead of playing a 10-minute video, I'm going to just paraphrase the beginning like five minutes and yeah. then get right into it. So 
The Mets had just lost seven straight games in, 2000, in, in 1999. The seventh was against the Yankees, and this is something I've never heard before. Yeah. The Mets weren't allowed to get dressed at Yankee Stadium, really? and the Yankees weren't allowed to get dressed at Shea Stadium. So wow. during the Subway Series, the Mets had to get ready at Shea, and they got a police escort over the Triborough into the Bronx. In their uniforms. In their uniforms, <laughs> and play the game. That's ridiculous. So um, the Mets had just lost the seventh straight game. They went back to Shea to shower and whatever, end the night. So Bobby comes out of the shower, and his three coaches, Apodaca, Robson, and Neiman, are sitting there still dressed. And Bobby goes, come on, let's, let's get going. we got a game tomorrow. We're going to get them. And they said, well, listen, Bobby, you're going to have to take that on by yourself. We just got fired. So out of nowhere, his three coaches get fired, and Bobby actually said on mic with, with Matt, he said it was one of the like the low points of my life. It was yeah. such a bad day because, obviously, as the head honcho, those are your guys, and you're the next on the chopping block. So, yeah. And to bring some historical uh, reference into it, the Mets had won in the high 80s. They had the identical records in 97 and 98. Um, and then they were they felt like they could, were going to compete here with a full season of Piazza, and that loss that the coaches got fired after, it dropped them a game under five hundred. and this is June. So, I mean, this is not like a small sample size. This is over two months into the season. So they're a game under five hundred. They still have another game at Yankee Stadium, which is a Sunday night baseball game um, to go. So the next day, Bobby sits down with, um, who was the uh, GM at the time? Steve Phillips. Him and Steve Phillips sit there in front of the media to address what's going on. These guys just get fired. Bobby's getting a new staff of coaches. And one of the press, the beat writers sitting there says to Bobby, why didn't you go with them? And Bobby says, listen, you know what? We actually sat together, drank a bottle of whatever last night, and the guys convinced me to stay and get the job done and try to turn this ship around. So Bobby said to the to the writer, how many more games are there until September 1st and the writer said 50 Bobby replies we're going to go 40 and 15 and then the writer said what if I don't what if you don't go 40 and 15 he says I'll quit so this is the story of the fake mustache we had a couple game winning streak so it might have been a Monday off and then we won Tuesday and then we we were playing the Blue Jays I remember David Wells' pitch started that game. It got, it, it, the game was like tied, uh, you know, going into the ninth or going into the eighth. And Otis Nixon was on first base, I guess. I called the pitch out. Mike got the pitch out. He threw the guy out at second base. The hitter was, um, I want to say Doug Drabeck, but that was the pitcher. Who is the who is the little infielder with a name like Drabeck? Drabeck. He came from the White. He was with the White White Sox. Uh, then he went to Toronto. Was it Drabeck? Greg. Greg Drabeck. Greg Drabeck. I appreciate you doing that. Yes, Greg Drabeck. Well, he throws his bat at the pitch out, and Mike catches the ball and throws the guy out at second base. And I think we're, we're the good guys. It turned out we're the bad guys because the umpire was throwing his arms up in the air. And he said, the guy's safe at second base because Mike stepped out of the catcher's box too soon. And he was calling a thing called the catcher's balk on Mike Piazza. Right? Now, I read the rule book twice a year since the time I was 13 years old. True. I, I am now... 
older than that. <laughs> and I say to the umpire, I said, you know, I read that rule. I've never seen it called. I can't believe you called it, especially in this game. And I'm thinking this could be the, the beginning of the end, you know, because I have to go 40 and 15. Because I, <laughs> what he said, what if you don't go 40 and 15? I said, I'll quit. Yeah. Huh? That's what I told him. I said, I'd quit. So um, I didn't want to get thrown out, you know, because I had three coaches in the dugout. I didn't really know what they could do or should do. I didn't want to turn the game over to them. I didn't know if they knew who was in the bullpen, all that stuff. So I was kind of calm, as you all might have remembered. I was, I was always calm. You know? And after my calmness settled down, I turned to walk away and I turned back and I said uh, to the home plate umpire, I said, can I get thrown out for what I'm thinking? <laughs> and he said no. And then I told him what I was thinking. <laughs> and so he threw my ass out. I didn't know who to give the lineup card to because, you know, in spring training, you always go through the what ifs things, you know. If I get thrown out, who's going to manage? Who's going to be the pitching coach? Who's going to, you know, handle the offense? All that stuff. And then I had three new coaches in the, in the dugout, and I hadn't had a time to rehearse what might happen, so it was like, can anybody manage? And, and I gave the card to Dave Wallace, who turned out to be a terrific coach. Um, but at the time, I just, whatever. And uh, now the mustache and glasses. So I get thrown out. I go up to the dugout. I'm throwing stuff around the clubhouse. I'm kicking stuff and hurting myself. And uh, Robin Ventura, who I pinch ran for, is up there. And he says, you got to get back out there. Those guys don't even know who's in the bullpen. I said, I can't go back out there, Robin. I'm on the hot seat as it is. This isn't a good thing. Get back out there. He said, just take off your jersey. They won't recognize you. <laughs> and like a fool, I took off my jersey. And I'm starting to go out there. And he says, no, 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 no. Put this hat on. And I pulled the hat down. And then Oral came running up and he says, where are you going? I said, well, he says I should go back to the dugout. He says, no, you can't go back to the dugout. By this time, Robin had a pair of sunglasses. It's a night game. He says, put these on. So I put on the sunglasses. I had the t-shirt on. I pulled the hat that he threw kind of down a little low. And I went in the training room to see what it looked like. And I looked in the mirror. And I looked down and I saw those stickers that you pull off. And you put it underneath your eyes in a sunny day, right? And I pulled one off and I put it over here. And I pulled another one off and put it over here. I looked in the mirror, I looked at them, and they said, they'll never know. And that's why managers don't listen to players. So so I went out, and that's the mustache story. But the back story is, and you can look this stuff up, we went 40 and 15. Yeah. <laughs> 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 awesome. <laughs>
<laughs> so thanks for saying through that. I mean, I was going to cut it down even shorter, but I feel like how could you not want to listen to no, Bobby V awesome. talk about that awesome. game? The game was actually on June 9th, 1999, against the Blue Jays, and we've all seen the famous photo of Bobby sitting there with the with the fake mustache and the glasses, but to hear him talk about it and, and in such detail for over 10 minutes was really fun to be a part of. And the QBC is a, is a yearly thing put on by our friends, uh, Keith, Shannon, and Dan. Drag the menu. What's that? Drag the menu. Oh, sorry, i got to move move the, uh, the the poll, the, the thing over here to QBC recap. But, yeah, great job by the guys. Always a fun time. Uh, they don't do the QBC to make a million dollars. They're basically just trying to get their money back. And they, they spend hours and hours and hours preparing for this thing mm-hmm. just so we can have a fun day. So thanks to those guys for 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 doing the hard work and just making a great day for us. So any highlights of the day for you? Yeah, it was. And and to piggyback on that, you know, uh, QBC kind of what kind of comes about because there's a void. The Mets used to do the Mets caravan. You remember that? Yep. And uh, they don't do a fan fest. A lot of teams do. I wish they did one. And uh, this is kind of the brainchild of you know Keith and and Shannon over at Mets Police and and Dan and. They, they just kind of said, hey, listen, we're going to pick it up and fill the void. And it really is. It, it's as well as it could be run. I mean, it is top-notch event. Um, Bobby V and Tim Tuffle were great. For me, the panels are always a highlight. Um, I am a big uniform nerd, so I love me some uniform talk. It was great hearing some of the guys. We got I got to meet our buddy Nick Shivo, who is uh, who is a wealth of information on on game used jerseys. I got and, to meet uh, Russ from Stitches. I've never met him before. Yeah, yeah, Russ. He had some great stories during that panel too. He made the first jersey for Piazza and the first jersey for Cespedes because he does work yeah. for the Mets. So the uniform panel was really cool. Did you see the jersey he was wearing? Yeah, it was a pink one. What was that for? Okay, Mother's so, Day or something? So, that is a concept that Russ created because originally the Mets colors were going to be pink and black because Joan, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Joan Payson owned uh, horses and she owned a stable and the stable's colors were pink and black. So, at the end of the day, um, the Mets, when people were originally submitting uniform and logo designs, um, they you know asked fans to submit the logos or whatever, um, it was they were originally thinking about pink and black, which which would have been really interesting. We could have been a I've pink, and black, pink yeah. and black thing. <laughs> so he created a jersey based on that concept, and that was really really cool to see. For me, I think somebody who stole the show in the state of the Mets uh, panel was Evan Roberts from WFAN. It's just so funny to see that WFAN persona in person, yeah, 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 yeah. and to hear him go on about one to hear him kill Ruben. He says, I, you're great, you're amazing, I don't follow you on Twitter, because, you know, it drives me nuts. <laughs> no, I think it's funny, too, Ruben blocks Cerrone on Twitter, Yeah, yeah. they sit <laughs> next to each other on the yeah. panel. <laughs> I don't know why Ruben does it. Actually, I, I was I was Wait, teasing... Cerrone, I don't think, was on the uniform one. Wait, oh, State of the Mets, I'm sorry. State yeah. of the Mets, yeah. Cerrone and Ruben were next to each yeah. other, and it's funny, like, leading up to the event, Cerrone always tweets stuff like... Well, yeah. Ruben blocks me, I and mean, he's not going to see this. But we're both going to be. Which is funny because, like Adam, I guess I mean he's kind of have his, has his guard up. But I've actually met him a few times, and he's like he's a nice guy. He's a normal guy. Like we talk about the Islanders every once in a while. Like he's a totally fine person. It's just I I know that like when you're on Twitter, and he must get ton of crap on Twitter. So yeah. you know whatever. Very strong following, but yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, and it was what I loved too is he was giving Adam garbage about ESPN Insider, and he's like, I don't know what you get on Insider. I mean, I'm not paying for that. <laughs> yeah. um, 
But he was. It was a lot of fun um, to see kind of the varying opinions of how some of these big personality Mets fans feel about the future of the franchise. And, and Evan was a riot. Um, I didn't get a, a chance to meet him because uh, he kind of like he was on the air when I was pulling in, like parking for the event. Oh yeah, I know he, he had a live show before. QBC yeah, on the fan. Yeah, because I'd love to talk to him because we root for all the same teams. We're around the same age. We both just had a kid, so it's like Nats, we have a, wrestling. Yeah, like, wrestling exactly. Yeah, like so we we have talked about on that episode. You thought you'd be boys with David Wright. I think you'd be boys with Evan Roberts. Yeah, he I think has a new kid. I think I'd actually be friends with Evan Roberts. I think I'm not cool enough to hang out with David Wright. I think it's just I think it's just the eyebrows that, that yeah. put me in the David Wright conversation. <laughs> um. My favorite part was, not my favorite part, my favorite part was the Bobby V uh, stories, but Tim Tuffle had an awesome panel. I know you showed up a little bit later, you had some stuff to do in the morning, but I don't know if you've heard, I, I tweeted about it afterwards. Uh, Baron moderated the panel with Tuffle, mm -hmm. and when they were done with their, their back and forth Q&A, they asked the, the audience for some questions, and I chimed in. I don't, don't normally do this, but I wanted to know... If Tuffle had any stories that weren't already beat to death about 86 or that team that the people in attendance might care about, mm -hmm. and now the people listening or watching this might care about. So everyone knows that the Cubs have a very rowdy atmosphere out in the bleachers, at least in the 80s. It was probably even crazier. So I think he said that they were called the bleacher bums or whatever yeah. they're called. So it was an ongoing thing between Tuffle and his teammates about the bleachers and how much fun it looked like to be in the bleachers in Chicago to watch a game. So Roger McDowell says, Tim, this is the day. I'm going for it. And he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, I'm going out there. He's like, what do you mean I'm going out there? You're going out there. He's like, I'm going out there during the game. I'm going to dress in regular clothes and go out in the bleachers during the game. He may have had, like, I was thinking about the only way this could have been possible where he knew he wasn't going to, like, get called to go into the game. He yeah. must have been, like, unavailable for the day. Yeah, I'm sure. So Tim says, McDowell put on street clothes over his uniform, snuck out of the bullpen, went up into the bleachers and watched the game from the bleachers with the bleacher, <laughs> bleacher bum maniacs, and a home run landed, like, three feet from him during oh the game. Oh, my God. So in the social media era, that's impossible. But in the 80s... Oh, God, can you imagine? Ble I'm sure... Bleacher gate, what it would be yeah, like? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they got away with murder back then. And uh, I've, I've heard something with um, Strawberry a couple times. He's actually said, listen, if social media was around back then, we'd yeah, all be in yeah. a lot of trouble right now. But, you know, um, great story. That's awesome. And I was that's just happy to be there when Timmy told it. So I'm sure if you told us that one, I mean, that's very, very tame. There was kids in the room, and I'm sure he's not going to get too graphic about things that happened back then. But he had a lot of great stories. If you want to listen to any of the panels. I'm pretty sure Mets Police and both Mediagoon have posted it on their websites and, and yeah. podcasts. So definitely check them out. I know I know Keith definitely has it on his site. Um, I know he has State of the Mets and I know he has uh, Meet the Mets Executives panels up. I was just looking today. That's themediagoon.com. You can check that out there. And also, like Darren said, MetsPolice.com should have a lot of video and uh, and audio from the event, too. So shout out to those guys. You can see I'm rocking the jersey today. Thank you guys so much for being amazing hosts, being gracious to us. And also, can I just say that uh, I met a lot of people, and I, I felt like what it must be like to be you just on a small scale because people are coming up to me and saying, like, I love the podcast or whatever. Like, that really does mean a lot to me. It means – I'm sure it means a lot to Darren too. Like, this is something we're just trying out. And to hear you guys, like – 
good feedback and how gracious everybody was. It, it made me feel uh, really special, and, and it was it was really nice. So really thank you to everybody. Event. Thanks thank for your you. hard work, guys. We appreciate it. Yeah. So we hope everyone else out there appreciates it too. So breaking news of the week. We do this once a week. We try to find something that we think you may have missed or care about. And this is something that is very interesting for Mets fans who might want a new neighbor in Flushing. Yeah. So... As Islanders fans know, this is just another strange turn in what has been a 20-year saga of unending uh, arena drama with the Islanders. I remember going to, I had Islanders season tickets with my father in the late 90s, yes, the late 90s hockey people, when they were awful. Um, The Ziggy Palfy days, the whole nine yards, Um, so they have needed a new arena since then, the National Coliseum was outdated as far back as the 1990s. Um, now, obviously, you know, a few years ago, they moved to Brooklyn into Barclays Center. Barclays Center and the Islanders, they don't get along so well. Uh, this Bloomberg piece by Scott Soshnick, um came out a few days ago. It says, basically, Barclays is ready to you know, cut ties with the Islanders, send them on their way. Uh, the team and the arena can opt out of this deal. Those negotiations start in the summer. There has to be good faith negotiations. And if the team wants to opt out, they have to notify Barclays Center by January 30th of next year, of 2018. So we're going to get a lot of answers starting in the summer. Uh, why this is interesting to Mets fans Yeah, is, we're getting some comments here. Well, how was this Mets news? Well, it's, well, first of all, it's an orange and blue thing. <laughs> yeah. But this is how it's interesting to Mets fans because there are two potential sites Outside of a potential turn, return to NASA, to the renovated Nassau Coliseum, one is Belmont Park that they've talked about building, and the other is Flushing Queens, right next to City Field, uh, either in the parking lot or in the area where the chop shops are and are, are being cleared out um, as part of a revitalization of that lower downtown Flushing kind of vibe. So, it's possible, folks... That the Wilpons might have be in a real estate development deal soon with Scott Ledecky, uh, I'm sorry, Scott Malkin and John Ledecky, the Islanders' new ownership, and they very well may be a little sports complex to enjoy for Mets fans, maybe that are looking for a hockey team that want to kind of try to root for the Islanders. I don't know. I mean, I, I know like somebody like about, that. I'm not, again, not a super diehard of anything except baseball. I do like the Rangers. I haven't gone to a game in a number of years. I don't own a jersey. So I don't think I would be a bandwagoner to jump off the train and, and root for the Islanders. Anybody coming over to the Islanders is not a front runner. that's for sure. <laughs> I mean, that's... Well, during the whole yes, 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 and all that, you guys were very popular for a little while. But um, I think that going to Queens wouldn't be a bad idea. Going back to Nassau County, I mean, there's not much around the neighborhood. Queens is going to supposedly be up and coming if the Willits Point project goes through and there's an actual neighborhood there. Yeah. I think it's just good for um, the economy in the area, good for businesses that are trying to pop up in the area. Mm-hmm. I think that whole neighborhood's supposed to be, you know, um, hotels, apartments, a, a, a school. Like, that whole area is a lot bigger than you think. If the you look at line bar? Yeah, our bar is going to eventually be there. If you look at the aerial view of that neighborhood, like, once they actually level it, you could fit a lot of stuff in there. So, yeah, um, I don't know. It's, it's going to take 
a number of years for anything to open up over mm-hmm. there. But I think if they do move to Queens, I think a lot of Mets fans would cheer for them. A lot of logistical hurdles to clear first. Obviously, there's ongoing litigation around the, the chop shop area, that Iron Triangle area, um, all the time. Uh, getting anything built and how they would fund it is obviously uh, going to be a, an issue. Um, whether or not they're going to look into, I don't believe in public funding for stadiums. So, um, And I think all... Uh, stadium project should be privately funded. So that's always an interest. I know that um, personally, uh, uh, Robert Brodsky of Newsday was just on the Islanders Point Blank podcast with my buddies uh, Brian Compton and Mike Carver and said uh, the governor is very interested in the Islanders potentially going to Belmont. Um, so Queens, I think Queens, the reason why it's in the in the top kind of running here is Islanders new ownership paid $485 million for the franchise. It was a premium because they were Brooklyn based because they were New York city based. Um, if you keep it, place to get to, it is very difficult to get to, especially for people like us in Suffolk County on on a weekday. I used to go to Tuesday and Thursday Islander games all the time. I can't get there during the week. So Queens sort of, sort of, uh, checks all boxes. It's still New York city based. It's still on long Island where it's drivable. Um, and I do think you're right that I do think they would attract a lot of casual hockey fans or hot or maybe fans new to hockey. We I have one guy on Twitter uh, that said to me, you know, I've been listening to you on Orange and Blue thing. I'm going to try rooting for the Islanders. I don't have a hockey rooting interest, and there you go. why not? So I think that changing lives, Orange yeah. and Blue thing podcast, <laughs> changing, is changing, changing lives, changing lives. So I think it's I think it's a perfect example, honestly, of the fact that this would be a, a great avenue for them to to get to kind of grow the fan base. This is, believe it or not, despite the downtrodden, you know, years of the Islanders and stuff, it is one of the more successful franchises in the history of the NHL. They had the best dynasty in New York sports, period. 19 straight playoff series wins. Um, so it would be great to kind of mesh that history and and bring it up a level, get them a building that they deserve, that their fans deserve, and could you imagine the Seven Line Army doing a little invasion of? Uh, no, you know what's funny too. I was reading the comments here. Um, they do have a group that's a little similar Blue, to us. Blue and Orange Army. So is what I think they that would themselves. that would actually draw some attention from the people who aren't super into hockey, but they know that there's something like similar to what we do. Yeah. So, so then, that can would I be give those cool. guys some love? Yeah, sure, go ahead. So the Blue and Orange Army um, was is the. Uh, is the group that we're referring to, and they were they were based in Section 329 in the old Coliseum. Now they're in Section 229, I believe, at Barclays Center. Um, shout out to Tom, shout out to Steve, uh, and all the guys and the girls. They keep it loud. They bring that soccer kind of vibe. Um, they did bring the Yes Channel, though. The guy who originated it in the Islanders games didn't know it came from wrestling. He like heard it at a Red Bulls game. So I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to hold that against you, but um, but yeah, it it would be kind of. A, I say all the time, we got to go and sit. With that I would go. Time. I mean, it's just it's it's tough. Brooklyn's tough yeah. to get to. We're both Suffolk County guys now. We both have kids. It's not the easiest place to get to. You said yourself, you barely go to games now, and you're a yeah, Islanders. Yeah. So, but I mean, it would be it would be interesting, and I think and a lot of our friends like the like the Islanders too. A lot of people that sit in the group with us. I mean, yeah. dude, I, I, I totally sound like I'm already joining. You are, but I'm not. You um, know, I'm gonna buy you jersey if you do. You there's a reason enough, and it won't be a. I just a like knock-off. I just like fun. You know what I mean? I like fun, and if they got the fun atmosphere, I mean the Rangers have that group. We Very, be, we bleed blue. Yeah, uh, they don't really do the same thing as the army, whatever they're called. Three twenty nine army. But I mean the the Rangers in general, and not to. Uh, by the way, Rangers fans, no, I don't like your organization, but like I don't have anything personally against you. I like guys. fun. I don't care what the hell's going on. I like fun, and if you got a fun atmosphere, just like, I'm it's a, down. It's the Rangers. MSG is like a little bit more corporate. 
So before we get to our Q&A, which is coming soon, I did hint that the seven line is hiring. Yeah. So this is interesting on a number of uh, on a number of levels, depending on if you're looking for a job or not. Unfortunately, or fortunate for him, um, PJ, he's worked for us for two years. He was working part-time, and then he was offered a full-time position at his other job, and how could you say no to guaranteed money when we didn't have full-time work for him? Obviously, during the winter, it's not as busy at the Seven Line Warehouse. So Lizzie and myself are the only full-time employees. We have a lot on our plates, but we, we've handled it, handled it for this many years, and PJ picked up the slack in the warehouse, fulfilling the orders and all that. So he gave us his two weeks. We have a couple weeks to figure it out. Sorry, something was going on upstairs. I stopped for a second. We have a couple weeks to figure it out, but I mean, if it takes longer, no, no big deal. So I'm looking for a few things. A, you got to be a Mets fan. B, you have to be uh, flexible with your hours and own a car because we like people that are reliable and can get to work on time. Uh, that wasn't a diss on PJ. He was always on time except for once. But yeah, be on time, be a Mets fan, have initiative, Look to uh, further your career in maybe sports. What I'm looking for is not just a person that wants to help out in the warehouse. I would like to hire somebody that knows graphic design, knows video, knows how to work stuff like this, like like the podcast, and can um, contribute more than just the warehouse duties. You'd basically be my right-hand man, Lizzie's right-hand man, and do whatever we need you to do. So... Number one, you have to have a graphic design background. That is important because for times like this, like the past couple months when we weren't as busy and I didn't have work for PJ, I would have work for a guy who knows graphic design. So you have to know Illustrator. Illustrator, hands down, you have to know Illustrator. Illustrator, if you know how to do video and photography, that's a plus. If you think you know how to bring content to the website, blog maybe, uh, social media, that's always a plus. So if you have what it takes and you think you're ready to work for the seven line, put it on your resume. Uh, we are a pretty reputable company at this point. So to only have a couple of employees, it's a good, it's a good, uh, it's a good reference to have the seven line on your, on your resume. So go to the seven line.com. There's a contact button there. It goes directly to me or Lizzie. One of us, one of us will read it. Tell us you're interested in working and why you think you could bring something new to the table. Maybe you have an idea that we don't already tap into. Graphic design is a must. So if you're just looking to help us out in the warehouse, I'm sorry that we're not looking for that right now. You are going to do that as part of your duties, but we do want you to know social media, this video stuff, um, and definitely Illustrator and all that other stuff. So that's it. So while we're rambling here, we are going to end with our Facebook Q&A. So I've been keeping track here. I do have a couple that are... Um, oh, did you want to mention the news, the, the potential oh, news? Oh, yeah. There, are, there is some potential news that we haven't talked about. We keep saying that we have to cover our drinks because um, we don't want to give any plugs out. But we might have an official sponsor soon who will be filling our cups with something tasty each week. So we can't talk about that yet, but we actually have been getting a lot of inquiries about um, people that want to sponsor the podcast or have ads in the podcast. But I feel like we have to be very particular on who we promote because I want to, I want to push a product that we both believe in, yeah. you know, and we've been getting a lot of emails from people that aren't necessarily a good fit for the show. So 
Um, it's just not perfect. We do drink, so that is a good yeah. fit. And um, we wouldn't want to push something that we don't believe in. So these cups might be sponsored by someone soon. More about that once we're allowed to talk about it. So I'm going to give you a question really quick. Okay. I'm going to read some questions here. Um, the first one, which was a while ago, Blevins. What do you think about Blevins? Um, I think if they can get him, it'd be great. Uh, it's He's certainly the best left-handed reliever on the market left. Um, I know that uh, somebody created a fake Jeremy um, – uh, a fake uh, Jerry Blevins Twitter account, and uh, sorry, the vodka's hitting in. A fake <laughs> Jerry Blevins Twitter account, and said that he was back with the Mets. He's not back with the Mets yet, not yet. He could be. Um, he's done a great job. He's been a great Met when he's healthy. Uh, I still think he would have been a great weapon to have in the 2015 playoffs had he not, you know, broke that arm uh, getting in the cab and stuff. So what's with the Mets pitchers and cabs, man? Uh, anyway, well, he first got injured because he like tripped on a curb. Yeah, supposedly. yeah. That that well, that's why we re-injured it, right? Allegedly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I would love to have him back. Um, I I wouldn't be afraid of giving him a two-year deal. That's the going rate, really. Um, Boone Logan's off the board now. Uh, so listen, yeah, get him back. They need help in the bullpen. So, um, Nick over here is asking when the replica jerseys are going to come out. We get these emails actually like all day. People bought the jerseys not reading the fine print it said they'll ship on or before april 1st they're all custom made majestic's working on it as soon as we have them we're not we're definitely not sitting on them we want to get them out the door as fast as we can as well they're not ready yet the season subscribers we didn't pick up our jerseys last year until the second outing of the year that was a yeah but but that just goes to show you it's not like it these are this is a long painstaking process that majestic has to go through to make these things so it's not like it's not like something they're they're stocking and mass producing for a bunch of retailers it's just us um, so yeah, it's going to be a little bit longer, unfortunately not for spring training, but you'll have them before opening day. Um, Cespedes' brother, have you seen that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you he, know about him? He's 19, uh, made a nice diving play, uh, the other day, there, all the MLB accounts were kind of bumping that up. He was saying the other, saying all the right things to the media, he hasn't thought about leaving his country and everything, he's there for the, for the Caribbean series, and, um, listen... People have said he's a similar five-tool kind of player. Um, I would be very interested if he ever did defect um, and and come over here if the Mets would have some kind of interest because, obviously, I mean, Yoannis feels very passionately about New York. Uh, He's a very family-oriented guy. Um, I would be very interested to see if the Mets could parlay their great relationship with Yoannis into a... It's funny um, how like, close their name is. Yeah, it's like Yoelkis. Yeah, like yeah, I know. It's great. I think that's awesome. Right? <laughs> Yoannis and Yoelkis. But uh, yeah, I would I would take a chance on him um, if they if he ever did come over and use some of the uh, international signing pool to, uh, to bring him over if they could pull it off. Some people are asking about the wristbands for the mixer we're doing down in Port St. Lucie. They're not sold out yet. I don't want to turn this into a an infomercial. So if you are interested, go to theseveline.com. There's some still left. They're only 15 bucks for three hours of bowling and, and mini golf and laser tag at, at uh, Super Play, which is attached to Duffy's. It's the night before our outing. They're only like 20 left, right? Yeah, something like 20 or so. And then any money that we make on top of that, we're going to put to an open bar. We don't want to make any money on this. It's just us hanging out on a Friday night. I'm not trying to you know, make a dime on it. So anything left over after we pay the venue and buy the wristbands and all the stuff that goes into the event and paying our credit card transactions and, and uh, PayPal fees and all that stuff, all the rest of it's going to go to the bar. Um, we're going to do a couple more here and then turn in for the night. I've, this has been a fun episode so far. Yeah. If you're liking what we're, what you're seeing, definitely subscribe to our notifications. It's on the Seven Lines Facebook page. 
right next to the like button. You can subscribe. If you're listening on iTunes, definitely click subscribe after you're done listening. Leave us a review. Rate the show. Tell your friends. Um, F. Scott F. Scott Feel, I think is his name. He, he asks me all the time, and I haven't replied yet. He asks all the time on Facebook and also Twitter if we're going to make an orange track jacket, an orange oh, jacket. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he sketched it. Yeah, and he's he like, this it. is the track jacket we need and deserve. Yeah. Uh, like no plans yet for an orange jacket. We we kind of like we're orange overkill with like our jerseys and our hats and orange and is a tough color. A lot of people can't can, rock orange. Right, right. I mean, oranges orange. are like outing color. You know, right. so like our jerseys are orange. Or you know, we have a lot of orange T-shirts and stuff like that. So there's no plans yet for an orange jacket, but we might make one in the future. But thanks for asking. We finally answered the question. Yeah. Um, I, it is a cool little design that he did, though. No, it is. I, it had like Mr. Matt on the yeah, chest. Yeah, it, it, it was cool. cool. So definitely a nice, nice uh, design. He's, he wrote yes, yes, yes in the comments. <laughs> so um, he's an Islanders fan too. Oh, cool. <laughs> All right. Anyway, guys, thanks for hanging with us. We're gonna turn in for the night. Episode seven coming next week. We don't have topics yet. We usually uh, post those on Monday and try to get the pulse of you guys and and go from there. Put up a poll, see what you're interested in talking about. If you have any suggestion suggestions. For uh, different topics, definitely leave us uh, a comment. Let us know what you think would be good for the show. By then, it's only going to be three days until pitches and catchers. So we, we're, we're, right, we're right there. Spring so training is right around the corner. Can't wait to get this season started. And uh, anything you want to say? No, that's it, guys. Don't forget to uh, share this post. Even if it's after the fact, do us a favor and hit share and put us in your friend's timeline. Um, Go to iTunes. Uh, if you listen to the show on iTunes, please subscribe and rate it for us. Uh, I'm at Brian Ernie on Twitter. He's at Darren J. Meenan on Twitter. The show is at Orange Blue Thing on Twitter. Uh, follow it. Uh, say hey. Hang out with us all week long. And uh, definitely tune in next Thursday. We'll see you guys next week. One thing I forgot to say. After I go to do that nice sign-off. There's a special perk if you work for us. Oh, what's that? Do you know what it is? I, I think I do because I think you told me today. You get a season ticket with the Sevline Army, a custom authentic jersey. You get to basically take whatever you want from the warehouse whenever you want as far as T-shirts and hats and stuff. So you're basically just like in the family. So you're in it. Um, if you haven't heard what I was talking about, rewind. The Sevline is hiring. You get a season ticket. You get an authentic jersey with your name on the back. And, um, and I'll buy you a beer on opening and day. And it's just fun. It's fun to... Work in this field and hang That's, out with me and Lizzie and just bullshit and watch Mets games and it's true. I whatever. hang out with him and Lizzie all day via text message. <laughs> so yeah, Sorry, criteria: employer. be a Mets fan, no Illustrator, be social. Um, that's really it. So email me. Interested in see what what what's out there as far as the uh, resumes are concerned. Uh, one Should other I, one other criteria. What's that? Watch orange and blue. Yeah, thing. watch watch the show. So see you guys next week Thursday nights, six p.m. Facebook. Check us out on iTunes afterwards. Tell your friends. This has been a fun time so far, and we have some really, really, really cool guests lined up for you soon. See you guys next week. I don't know what that is. Too sweet.